what's up baseball world welcome along to another edition of jay's talk with jay it has been a while since we have talked um things have gone a little bit crazy here in the uk things have gone a little bit crazy in toronto and it's good to say that they're in toronto um that's how long it's been since we've recorded i am joined as ever by rob from blue jay center and free agent sheldon (laughs) (laughs) boys how you doing I'm doing great, man. Our last uh, homestand was something out of a fairy tale, man. It was just having boys back in town. And not only that, but playing the level that they're playing, 9-2, and two, right back in the thick of things. Uh, it's going to get really interesting here in the next six to eight weeks of the season. Yeah, I think the last few months, uh, it's going to be kind of fun. I mean, the Jose Barry straight, like Rob was saying it all along, Jose Barry, Jose Barry, Jose Barry. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't see Minnesota trading for him. And then also they just – Traded him. It's Barrios. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, uh, to get very. What is it? Barrios. Barrios. Yeah. So, so, so you've got burritos and Max Shawarma. That's the names that I get. Food. Barrios. Pitching food. Um, Like uh, he looked good. He looks really good. you know, now they got six starters they can roll out. Now, I don't know if they're going to go with the six-man starting rest staff, but they Just, got six starters now. Let, let's let's start there. I think that's the I think mm-hmm. that's the best place to start because obviously we were we've got no pitching, we've got no starters, we don't know who's doing what, and like at the moment it's like our ace is our worst pitcher, <laughs> um, and I'm, and that's no disrespect to Ryu because he has been good for, for the majority of this season, but. They've been amazing. Like our, our 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 starting six, so to speak, as it is now, with the addition of um, Jose. We call him Jose, just, just so we can't get his name wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but like with the addition of him, like we we've had six good starters. Now I, I think the jury's still out on Mats, and I think the jury's still out on Stripling to a certain extent. Um, but they've been good and they've been solid. And then when you throw in. Ray has been stellar. Manoa has been stellar. Um, Ryu, he's had he's kind of pitched one bad, one good, one bad. So he's kind of a little bit there. And then um, who've I missed out? Rios. Rios. Yeah. yeah. And of course he's come in. He's had two starts, um, and they were both outstanding. Really. Yeah. Um, so. I think that we don't need to we don't need to ask any questions in regards to the opening rotation anymore. Um, the only question would be is do we try and keep hold of Ray for next year? And and do we go down to a five-man rotation? Uh, there was a question asked on Blue Jay Center the other day. It, who do you cut? Do you cut Matt? Do you cut Stripling? And my line of thinking at the moment is, is why not stick with the six man? Like seriously, why not? If it, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Let's roll with it until it until it starts to go wrong. Then maybe make a decision rather than just trying to change it for the sake of changing it because everyone goes with a five man rotation. Why can't we go with a six? Uh, so first of all, let me just start by saying, isn't it incredible how at the start of the year we were all terrified of this rotation? It was Ryu, and it was a bunch of guys who you might not know where you're gonna get out of. Robbie Ray, we were hoping and praying that he would just be somewhat decent. He turned out to be one of the best pitchers in the entire league this season. Outstanding. Alec Manoa, probably a guy who we didn't think was going to contribute much, if anything. You didn't think. I I had him down. I was singing his praises before he even got called up. (laughs) 
Well, maybe that's just me, but I just thought 35 innings in the minor leagues to go from that to being a legitimate top of the line starter was too big of a jump, but he's proved me wrong, obviously. And I've always been a Manoa fan, especially when they drafted him. I just thought that maybe the Ascension was a little too soon, but certainly not appearing to be that the case at all. He looks very ready to handle being a starting pitcher in a pennant race right now. Let me just interrupt you quickly. Not Not only his performance, I think the fact that he's such a big character in that in yeah. that, the whole team as well. I think it's I, I think it's helped some of the others. Like he really he's really kind of joined in. Bearing in mind he's a kid, exactly. He's a, he's yeah. a kid. He's a kid with no real experience, and he's come in there. And the the character for, for me is huge with Manoa, massive. Yeah. Exactly. He's got the stuff and he's got the guts to be a big league starter right away. He's proven that right off the bat. So. Obviously him, Ranjin Ryu, he's like kind of been downgraded to the fourth starter. I feel even weird saying downgraded because he hasn't even pitched bad. It's not even on his own omission. It's just that everyone else has pitched so well where as of right now on the depth chart, he's probably your fourth guy, which you know, to have a former you know, Cy Young finalist less than a calendar year ago be your fourth starter, you could definitely do a lot worse than that. So absolutely, this rotation right now, I think it's without question the best in the division. And I mean, I guess you could see the, the White Sox, maybe, you know, if Verlander gets back, the Astros are up there, but they're looking like they can go punch the punch with any rotation in the AL East right now, or pardon me, the AL in general right now. No, I totally agree with that. I think the uh, the starting staff got the upgrades it needed. They started to develop. I think Strickland found himself once he did his reworking of the mechanics uh Steven Matt started well and now he's kind of sputtering a bit but you know that's to be expected he keeps us uh, in games though doesn't he Matt like it's not like he's totally getting real blown out and he keeps yeah, yeah he's not getting yeah he's not getting he's not getting blown out by any stretch of imagination the the fun question will be um if this team does make the playoffs and I can't see them not making it they're going to catch Boston I they could conceivably catch Tampa um I think even the Yankees can catch Boston. I think there's going to be three teams coming out of the East. Um, that's that's my speculation. Um, who do you go with in the, in the in the playoffs? I mean, it's going to be Ray for sure, Manoa for sure, um, and then after that, Barros or Jose. And then because uh, I'm going to mess up his name constantly, I'm just, I'm honestly going to mess up his name, and I should. Ryu. And Ryu, that's probably the four you're going to go with, with Stripling and Mats in the bullpen, which is not a bad idea. Um, and then I think the only question they got is the, other, the only two minor questions would be catching in a third. But I think Espinal is going to run with it. I think Espinal has proven that he could be. Why you know, wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? That, that's the biggest question, yeah. isn't it? I, I think I would just run with Espinal. He's proven that he can. His defense is really, really off the charts at third, man. Like, you're, um, you're talking playoffs as in getting past the wild card game, though, right? I'm, I'm, inc- I'm, I'm including everything, wild card and everything else. I think, that, I think the Jays will – Tampa's going to have to fall back eventually. Um, they, they, they can't keep up at this pace. And there's not a knock against the Tampa Rays or the organization or players, but they've been really playing above, above and beyond. Um, so the Jays could conceivably get the least crown. So the wild card wouldn't enter the equation. If it does, who do you start and get, who do you start in the wild card? Probably Robbie Ray. The, I've got the, I've got a take on that. Like the kid putting his hand up in school. I've got a take on that. So if we were to stick with this six man rotation, yeah, now I'm not saying that we're not going to, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that we will because with Charlie, 
you kind of never, you never really know what's up, right? But let's just say that we were to stick with a six-man rotation. We could actually be in a position where we could have two of our starters able to play to start that wildcard game if possible. Like someone could come in two, three innings, another one could mm-hmm. come two, three days. If we had the six-man rotation, because they would have at least had four days rest. It's uh, Look, but Jay, like uh, going back, I know that you asked about the six-man rotation that we hadn't really quite give you an answer on that. I don't necessarily agree. I don't think that they should give, go through a six-man rotation, honestly. I, I, I agree that Mats and Stripling have been good, but have they been good that you would want them to go over a guy like Barrios? No, but hang forget? on. But hear, but hear me out. Right? Apart, apart from uh, Barrios, apart from him, yeah. everybody else has been pitching in that rotation or in that in that setup because we had um uh Kay was the was the sixth man wasn't he he was the one he was the one yeah. coming in and filling it out everyone else is used to it apart from Barrios he's the only one that hasn't pitched in the six man rotation so all i'm saying is, is are we getting the best out of our pitchers because of the six man rotation therefore you don't you don't mess around with it that's all i'm saying i think um stuff wise it's probably sharper um, but also they could be maybe overrested if there's if there's a possibility because some of these guys are actually conditioned to go four and five star like every fourth or fifth day. But now um, I know it's helping Ryu, even though to show up in the last start, but it, it's something that he kind of gravitates towards from time to time, like getting that extra day off. And I think to a lesser extent, it does help Alec Manoa in terms of his pitch count. innings. Yeah, his pitch count innings. So um, I could see Rob's point that, hey, man, you don't really need to go with the six man because Stripling and Max have not been as good as the other four. But in, in terms of the longevity of it, if Charlie says, I'm going to stay with the six man rotation to the end of the season or until he feels he needs to make a change, um, I can't. This is one of the few times where I won't disagree with Charlie on it. Um, you know, but if he turns around and says, I'm going with a four man pitching staff right away i'll be like what because if 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 either mats or stripling and by the way i think it will be stripling only because he's he's the one with the experience coming out of the pen um if it he does go in there he automatically automatically becomes the long man Mm -hmm. how many innings does he pitch with the pitchers pitching like they are at the moment though like why can't you have him uh, piggyback when? Why can't you have him piggyback Max? Max goes five, he goes four. You save your bullpen. Yeah, no, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess like that. That's the ideal scenario, but yeah. I think that, that that's where it goes, though, isn't it? From there, because the starting rotation, whether it be a four-man fight, obviously we, we don't want it to see it go down to a four-man rotation, and that's not going to happen. It'll um, happen in the playoffs, I think. Yeah, in the play. Yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. in definitely in the playoffs, but. With it being a five-man, possibly six going through to now, leads me to the bullpen. The bullpen kind of speaks for itself now in regards to the crucial innings when we're winning Mm -hmm. seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I think we kind of know roughly who's there or thereabouts. If Stripling is added to to there, there's also talk about obviously Nate Pearson coming in at some point does it seem a little bit unbalanced like i don't know like i don't 
my, my, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is that the, the, the bullpen as, as, as it is when we're winning is okay. But what about these games where we're like the guy that came in on Sunday, Sneed, Sneed, Sned, however you want to pr- pronounce it. <laughs> they they cover everybody's names now. <laughs> the, the guy, the guy looks like a giant, right? Like, he, 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 he came in. He's he's not part of the rotation though, right? He did well, he did well, and he did what was asked of him. Who go, who who beca- who goes into that bullpen to make us feel confident? Okay, what I'm trying to say is is that we still don't really have full confidence in the bullpen. Yeah, I think we're- absolutely, absolutely. There's um, yeah. yeah, this bullpen is still very much a question. I, I think that this, this whole weekend it's oh we're coming home. The Jays are playing well. Nine and two rotation's great. And then that Cleveland game, they were up 8-0 late in the game, and it's, oh, well, the bullpen still sucks. <laughs> and that's just kind of, wow. I, I look back and I say, this is a pretty legitimate weakness on this team. As great as I think this team is, I, I do feel like the bullpen, maybe not making the necessarily addition, necessary additions at the deadline, um, might come back to hurt them. I, I do feel as though, you know, Brad Hand and Joaquin Story, the two guys he did pick up, were substantial upgrades over the guys they were throwing out back in May or June where it seemed like anyone but Romano Soria, we Soria, we saw him pitch one inning. Yeah, one, one inning. inning. Exactly. And he looked really good as well, right? And then he yeah. goes, it goes down the next day. Exactly, yeah. Two, two guys who have had a lot of experience being very good late inning relievers, but at this stage, probably fair to say in the twilight of their respective careers, not necessarily expecting them to be the guys that they once were not all that long ago. Um, and even the guys who we do have right now who have pitched well for us, the Adam Simbers, the Trevor Richards, uh, I still feel as though, despite how good Simbers pitched, the lack of ability to miss bats is, is concerning. And we saw that on the Saturday game, the, the Red Sox game that they lost, where the extra innings rule comes in effect with the guy on second and nobody out. In that situation, you need swing and miss because that runner, he's going to move up on contact. And you don't need to score a runner from second with, with a hit, if you can just move the runner over. That's exactly what they did. That's why they ended up losing that game. So him being uh, a late-inning guy still concerns me, despite as, as good as he's been. And, yeah, when you look at all the other guys, that's that's they're pretty thin. It's Richards, Romano, Adam Simber, and then Meza, who had been good, and then he gets hurt as well. So I, I do feel that comparing this bullpen – to the, all the other bullpens, uh, the teams that were contending, we're definitely lacking in that category, no doubt. And that's, to me, that, that's a concerning aspect. And that could hurt us because what Charlie has shown is that he's not really willing to put uh, people in two games on a trot. Not that he's not willing, but it's uh, it's clear that Romano, he's just not as sharp. You know, the numbers are there. They, they tell us that when he pitches back-to-back days, which hasn't been all that often, the stuff isn't quite the same. You know, the, the numbers aren't as good, although I'm going to ignore those a little bit because it is a small sample, but just the overall bite on his fastball, it's not quite the same. Not the 101 that we saw the other day where Sunday, no yeah. one can hit that. Yeah, so uh, I feel like there is legitimacy to that, unfortunately, that Romano, as you know, right now, he's this team's closer in the stretch run, but it doesn't appear as though he's a guy who you can necessarily count on to go multiple days, three out of four games and get saves for you time after time like we saw you know Roberto Osuna or even more recently Ken Giles get to this but we have to but we like but we have to because one of the things that's going to come up as we're talking 
is the is the lack of ability to manufacture runs when they're needed. Like it's all well and good we can go out and smash nine runs in one inning. Like that's yep. that's great, yeah. And it's all well and good if we can go out and win thirteen to one or whatever the scores are that we've done with these big numbers is fine. But when it really mattered, like the game that we ended up losing, okay, we won the first one with a walk-off home run. We didn't manufacture any runs. And it, they, they were two very, very tight games, pitched very, very well. But we we struggle in this extra innings business. And the wild card game, for example, could come down to something like that. Or the, the stretch of games in the last week where we have to win and they it got like, it, let's just say it's 1-1 or 2-2 and it goes to extra innings. We don't seem to be able to get that man across the line. I think that's why that's the difference. That's the difference between Tampa and everybody else. They they don't they're if you take a look at the numbers, they're probably not the greatest. But when it comes to actually manufacturing a run when they need to, they can do it. And that's probably the big difference between Tampa and everyone else. Um, and they're you know how they manipulate their bullpen uh, when they need to. Uh Espinal plays small ball. You can use him to do some small stuff, you know, bunting and stuff like that. Uh, Bo's not going to bunt. You're going to get him to swing. Vladdy's not going to bunt. He's going to swing. Marcus, same thing. I mean, you got a team full of guys who can swing. Um, so they're going to go with their strengths. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see Teoscar drop a bunt. Not that he can't do it. He probably has done it. He's got enough speed to actually beat out a, a – um, but uh, I think Kevin, Kevin Biggio, Santiago Espinal are probably two of the guys that can probably – you can probably trust to put a bunt down if need be to, to manufacture a run, to move a runner over. But um, I don't blame Charlie. Let the guy swing. It's, you know, if you can swing yourself into something, you know, there's going to be times where you're, you're not going to be able to swing yourself out of something. Um, so it's, uh, it's one of those things where, they, you know, it, it's how the team is built. They're, they're built to the thump and, and, you know, that's what they do. They do it really well. Uh, I think what third or second in overall run score, I think, or something like that. So they, they crank out runs. Um, now granted some of those runs are in bulks, like 13 to one and, you know, nine to, and then you have a score of three, nothing, but. Uh, at the end of the day, they score runs. So uh, how they do it, yeah, it, it's going to catch. I think it's going to catch up to them a little bit in the playoffs or those close games where they need to manufacture a run. But, uh, you know, if they're all – and, you know, George Springer is doing what George Springer does and Flatty gets out of the number two hole, that's, that's a story for another day. Uh, they're they're going to be fine. Yeah, okay. Like you, you, you said there, like talking Vladdy, like we always we're always singing his praises and you can't you can't not sing his praises this mm -hmm. year. Notice two things. Obviously, one, the two hole. I think everyone, I think everyone would prefer to see him hit three. And then if he hit and if he hits like he is at the moment at number three, it could just be that he's a little bit burnt out now already. He's still a kid, remember. Mm -hmm. Um hasn't played a whole full 162 games in one season anyway. So the fact that he's flagging a little bit doesn't surprise me. But um, it was interesting to see that Boston intentionally walked him at, uh, over the weekend. Now, I've got a feeling, because of how potent our lineup is, we're going to start to see that a lot over the next few weeks. I've got a feeling that 
his numbers are going to get affected. Obviously, not his on base because of walks of walk, right? But mm-hmm. I think that his I think that his hitting numbers are going to seriously get affected over the next, especially if we're playing contending teams. So if we're playing the likes of Boston, the Angels probably don't think they're out of it just yet. They're not. Yep. They're not. They're not massively far behind us in the wild cards in the wild card race, and then obviously we've got series against um, the Yankees coming up, um, and Seattle. Obviously, Seattle's going to be. It's going to be a huge series for us because they're there. They're in it. I think Vladdy will end up getting walked. Uh, I don't know how many times, but I think it's something we're going to see now. Only because like, if you've got to face Springer, who's absolutely on fire at the moment, and like it's good to see that he's not a dud. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice that it's nice that we're actually getting to see the guy that we spent all that money on. But like he's on fire. Marcus hasn't really dropped. He's still on pace to have an amazing year. Um, Bo is Bo. You know what you get with Bo. Um, and then obviously Vladdy, but Teoscar's still still on fire as yeah. well. He's still hitting well. And even though people have been slagging Lourdes off, I think that Gurriel's come round a bit, and I think he's been much better at the plate. Let's not talk fielding because I think fielding overall we kind of suck. Like even George Springer in centre field hasn't looked great at times. All right, he had his m- magnificent catch, but there's been some plays that I've looked at and thought, "What? Like, what's he doing, man? He's been drinking before he's gone out to play." Um, so that's 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 my take on that. Um, when we think when we when we mention that Santiago Espinal is probably the best defender, um, that's not taking anything away from him, but you know it kind of tells you that maybe defensively the team is not as sharp as they should be, and we've seen it throughout the season. You know, we've I would say orders. that I would say that Vladdy is our best defender at the moment. I'm gonna be honest, like yeah, he hasn't him, really him put and, a foot wrong. Yeah, I, really. I, I would put Espinal just above him. Uh, that's again, that's not taking anything away from Vladdy. I think what he's done at first base, his conversion from third to first and how he started at first to how where he is now is unbelievably like his, like his ability to play first is you know it's top notch like I, I wouldn't be surprised in the next few years we start mentioning gold glove with him I was about to say, imagine this year he ends up with a gold glove at first base and has nothing to mm-hmm. nothing else to show for it no batting time nothing yeah you know yeah. what that, that that would remind me of um, this is before Rob's time so uh <laughs> so this was like uh Doug Gilmore when he had that massive season for the Toronto Maple Leafs and all he got was defensive player of the year or or the defensive player uh defensive forward or something like that. And I I'm saw, looking at it going I saw Jay's eye roll when he started talking about hockey. Yeah, was it? yeah, that's that's okay. Um and I was kind of I'm I was pretty young at the time and I'm like, really man, this guy should have been the MVP. But um I, you know what, nothing surprises me. You know, if he wins a gold glove and doesn't even get a silver slugger, I would not be surprised with how the voters vote. Uh, but, you know, him and him and Aspinall have been probably the best defenders. And, you know, we've seen Teoscar. Teoscar hasn't been this bad, hasn't been bad this year. He's been a lot better than what he was years prior. Um, Lourdes and left. Uh, I'm not sure how he got nominated for the gold glove last year because some of those plays he did last year was kind of, He's having so much fun, though, right? I reckon that he's having so much fun. Sometimes he just gets caught up in it, and he's like, "Crap, the ball's coming!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> I. But he makes up for it with his arm, right? Well, his arm is a bazooka, man. Like his his arm is pretty epic. Like you, you can't can't question that. 
Uh, Randall, you know what? Randall hasn't been bad defensively uh, in center and, and in right. So he's been who? Uh, Randall Grichik. Oh, I, I forgot. I forgot yeah, yeah, we totally forgot guy. about him. He stopped hitting and everybody else forgot about him. That's kind of sad. Uh, yeah, Bo's still learning short. Uh, Marcus has been very, very good at second. So solid, I mean, solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they've they've got some parts there that can play. It's just uh, how does this team react? You know, in the playoffs or in, in a wild card game or late in the season defensively. That, that would be wait, wait, wait. So, so uh, Shelton, you were going off and on about everyone on the field, and you yeah. it took you to the last guy to mention our the Did real ever... best defender on this team. Oh, what, I was going to say. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you were going to say Danny Jansen. <laughs> No, no, I wouldn't go that far. Who's but Marcus best... Simeon's been their best defender, man, this year. Uh, you know, it's not even there. close. It's not even close. Thank you. Thank you. Consistency, right? Because yeah, he's been right, consistent. Exactly. He's been consistently good. He's been really consistent. He's been consistently good. But he priced himself out of Toronto, so I don't want to talk about him anymore. Has <laughs> <laughs> he really? Has he? Has he really said anything yet? I haven't. I haven't been reading or seeing anything. I, I think he's going to San Francisco in the offseason. I think he's going back home. I, that's my I feeling. Would, I would be shocked if uh, he's a Blue Jay come next year. Unfortunately, I, I just feel like with the way he's he's playing, it's it seems almost unfeasible that the Blue Jays will be able to give him a contract that he wants, especially when you think of this offseason. Obviously, the work stoppage might play a role into it, but with the Blue Jays having to lock up so many guys and also have dished out a couple of big contracts, it's going to be tough. Especially they want to keep Robbie Ray around as well. I, I think it's a lock that one of them's gone for sure. If you choose, if you ever choose one of them, who do you choose? I know that I choose Ray. Yeah, I, choose I Ray. think I'm choosing Simeon, man. I, I think like to have an everyday player playing at the level that he's in, he's a five win player already, and it's like middle of August. He's been incredible for this team. I, I would take him right now over Robbie Ray. And another reason too that uh, might play a role is that. Marcus Simeon, since the start of 2019, has legitimately been one of the best players in baseball, with the exception of that first month of the COVID year. Mm-hmm. So we take away that month, and he's legitimately been – look at the, all the the war leaders, the best hitters in baseball, like just the overall he's production. Up he's up there, for sure. And the fact that they were able to snatch him on a one-year deal, well – it's it's the, definitely the best move of the offseason that any team has well, made. There's no doubt about it's that. It's not. It's not because obviously, if they had signed him up for a two or three or four year <laughs> deal, <laughs> nah. that would have been the best deal of the off season. No, nah, I think he wanted that pillow contract. I think he just wanted the one year deal to see what what he could do and see what he can. Uh, well, he's just tripled his value, hasn't he? Basically, oh, pretty much. Yeah, oh, like yeah, I said, I sure. think I think San Francisco. I think the the Brandon Crawford is coming to an end, and that's nothing against him. Um, but if you can, or you know what, they might be able to keep Crawford and sign Simeon and have Simeon play second base for them for a yeah. uh, Just I had, a, I had a take. I had a take that uh, kind of got lost because we kept like talking about, well, we, we got the Simeon conversation, but uh, you guys were mentioning how this lineup, uh, it's got like, a ton of hitters and they still have fat, trouble manufacturing runs. I, I do feel like the right handed heaviness kind of plays into the role to that. You know, I feel like that's – which is why I really wanted the Jays to get that Joey Gallo deal done. I know that, obviously, you were already dishing out a ton of your prospect capital, which we haven't talked about yet, mm-hmm. funnily enough, for Barrios. We will. But, we, will. Uh, we will. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. But Joey Gallo would have been the perfect addition for this team. You don't have any legitimate left-handed hitters. Kevin Biggio is not even an everyday player on this team, and he's probably the best guy that you have available right now, which is not all that promising. Well, I don't know. I think uh, I, I think Corey Dickerson's done okay. 
bearing in mind, yeah. mm-hmm. bearing in mind, is coming off an injury that's been like if we had to give we had to give Springer a couple of weeks. I don't see why we don't give the same uh, to to Corey and see how he does. Like for in small parts, he's been okay. I think he's done well defensively. Yes. He's probably an upgrade in left field, and he's a left-handed bat with some power. He is, he is, but at the same time, he's not Joey Gallo. You know, Joey yeah, Gallo's exactly. been outstanding this season for Texas now in New York. So I think had had they added found a way, and I know I'm not you know blaming them. They got the the move that they needed. They got Barrios done. That's fine. You, and that's you can't why we didn't office. get him, right? That's why we. Yeah, didn't get yeah, him. exactly. That's exactly what I was saying. But uh, I think Joey Gallo in this lineup, it, w- it would have been easily the best lineup in baseball. I mean, I, I can't see any other counter to that. You have one of the best left-handed power hitters in the game separating all these tough right-handed hitters. It would have been a nightmare to pitch to. And late in games, when we see these hard-throwing righties come in and just find a way to shut the Jays hitters down, right-hand heavy lineup, having a big hitting lefty in there who can get on base and hit a ton of home runs, uh, that would have made a difference in the world, in my opinion. And that's why the Yankees got him and Anthony Rizzo yeah. specifically to go against. Don't shake your head. You know I'm right. That's specifically. Those two moves. Those two moves are why the yeah. Yankees are a lot more scarier. I was not scared yeah. of the Yankees. Prior to the deadline, but now with those two guys, I, I think that they're legit. They they're are. quite they're ma- they're matching us as well. Like every time we win, they're winning. Every time we lose, they may lose as well. And <laughs> well, have we, you seen have you seen their disabled list? It's almost like an all-star team of disabled yeah, people. It's crazy. Yeah. So wait till those guys come back or COVID, the COVID list that they're on. I mean, some of those guys are coming back. Cole's coming back. Sheldon, you're not allowed to call them disabled anymore. You know? <laughs> let's, uh, let, let's hope they start catching L's instead of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they. I think the Yankees, like I said, I think the Jays are going to catch the, the Red Sox. They can conceivably catch the Rays. The Yankees will catch the Red Sox. Uh, I'm saying that right now. Um, I'm, I'm starting to think the Red Sox are the fourth best team in this division right now. Yeah. Um, look, look. Let's look at it this way. Yeah, we've played we we played two series very very close against them. We drew we the, the first one was split two two, which again there was a game in there we probably should have won and we lost. Um, against then, Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, and then we've just beat them three one, and that should have been a sweep, right? Let's face it. If we if we if we do what we do in in. Uh, in that game that we lost, we sweep the series. I think that we are miles better than the Red Sox. And yeah. now with our pitching rotation, maybe, just maybe, they've got one or two hands in the bullpen that are a bit more reliable than our guys. Apart from that, player for player, I choose every single one of our players. Maybe uh, third I, place. Maybe third I, I, place. I, 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 <laughs> exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I said all year long, I don't think this is a very good Red Sox team. I think that they've obviously significantly exceeded anyone's expectations. I think I'm, you know, no disrespect to them. They definitely have a lot of good bats. JD Martinez is a freak. Rafael Devers looks like he might be the best third baseman in this division for, you know, the next 10 years. Xander Bogart's playing like an MVP candidate. They do have some fire guys at the bottom of that bullpen. They're definitely a good team, but I definitely don't think that they're as good as their record shows up until this point. And the fact that they've kind of come back down to earth a little bit here as of late, it's probably, you know, a long time coming that this team was going to regress at some point. And by the way, I want to mention 10 games. 
The Blue Jays have lost 10 games this season to the Rays and Red Sox in which the game they were leading or tied after seven innings, oh, which is wow. insane to me. That's the division right there. Yeah. That right there is the division difference. Just, just, oh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just showed you guys. my stat. Yeah, you just, hit, you just hit me with your, with your 10. <laughs> and now I don't know. Who am I? What's my name? <laughs> Sheldon, take it, but we, we have to... Um... No, I, I think uh, you, that, that shows the, the the weakness of the bullpen, that they couldn't hold those games. Um, even if they had won five of them, uh, we could be talking about a team that's probably close to first base or first place, first place or and in first place. So, oh, I remembered, um, I remembered what it was. Hang on, I remembered what it was. And because what you said... Is now the fact with the scheduling so easy, friendly towards teams like Boston at the beginning of the season, where they were constantly playing Baltimore and all these other teams that gave them a chance to go ahead. Now that it's evened itself out and they've played us and let's face it, we've played all right against them. All right. They ended up winning the series, like the overall series against us. But let's face it. We played a lot of them games early on as well. So if we are playing them now till the end of the season, I reckon we would smash them. Yeah, I agree. I mentioned this point on this podcast, so I'm not mistaken. If you guys remember that, I felt like a top-heavy schedule would favor the Blue Jays at the start of the season because you had a chance to, at the start of the year, these good teams, you had a chance to get some wins against them before they got going. You look at the Braves, the, the team that the Blue Jays saw in April, that Braves team, way different than the team we're seeing right now. This team's starting to win a few more games. They're definitely looking a lot more legit than when we saw them. And then you have teams like the Orioles, the Twins, the uh, the, um, the Royals. The Royals, the Tigers, yeah. At the beginning of the year, there were teams that weren't playing all that poorly. But later on in the year, they get exposed for being the frauds that everyone thought they were over a long sample size. And now we face... I think, the last, um, I think the last 70-something games, the Tigers do have a winning record. So whatever they're doing in Detroit, uh, and, and it's probably, you know, beating up the Royals and, you know, teams that are not that good. But, uh, you know, the Tigers playing reasonably like, well. Kind of legit at the moment. Yeah, like I yeah. saw that. I was and, it's, I, and I think it's a little bit of Akil Badu doing his thing. <laughs> I, I mean, and, and, you know, he's just been an igniter for that team. So um, props to Detroit. Well, well, okay, fine. So maybe they're not the 120 loss team yeah. that we saw two, <laughs> last two years, but they're not a good team. They're not making the playoffs. There's no, they're no not making the playoffs, but there. They, they could cause yeah. they can cause some some problems. Sure, sure. Uh, but Minnesota too. Like, imagine playing them early on in the year when they had Barrios and all of these guys mm-hmm. that they traded. Now all of a sudden we're going to face them, basically a rundown rendition of this <laughs> team who's walking towards the funeral march of their season with no playoff expectations. So I definitely think that. The at the start of the year, I said that the Jays having a softer end of the schedule would benefit them, and let's see if they take advantage of it. Yeah, it's basically it. They have to take advantage of it. I mean, if they decide to play 50 50 ball against the Royals and all these other you know struggling teams, they're 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 in trouble. Um, they got they got to literally beat them up real good. Okay, so before we go any further, I wanted to talk a couple of things. Um, it's like we like to keep it lighthearted. Um, and we, we we don't just talk about baseball, but we talk about the baseball Blue Jays family that's out there. So Blue Jays center, obviously Sheldon's been missing in action for a little while. He's got he's got commitments and stuff, haven't we all? It's all gone like a little bit crazy. But you uh, you've got two. I think it's two new guys on Blue Jays center at the moment. Is that right, Rob? Yeah, that's correct. Tyler oh. and Mark. Okay, so. Out of Tyler and Mark, who do you think's made the biggest impression so far? 
<laughs> You're really going there, man. Well, I am really going uh, there. Uh, so actually, uh, um, I've never been on with Mark yet. We still have not been uh, on a show together. I was once with Tyler on his first game. So um, it's a little unfair. I haven't really been there to judge uh, them accordingly being there with them. But uh, I think they both stepped in and done a great job. Well, I, I think that I think the, the political okay. answer is all you're going to get, buddy. They're, I think they're okay. I think they're okay. Um, they're no Sheldon, um, but, they, <laughs> but they're obviously finding their feet and they need to get in there. So the biggest question is: is why wasn't I asked to do it instead of these two? Like seriously, come on, man! Like it's just it's because you're I, sleeping by the time we were on the show. <laughs> no, I'm, jo- I'm, I'm joking, man. I'm joking. Like Jay, seriously, we, we put the ad out for everyone. You you could have just as Evenly as them, just I didn't see. I didn't even know. I just was watching. Oh, that was back in January. This, this, this new guy. This new guy comes on, and I'm like, (laughs) "Who the hell's this dude?" But fair play. But fair play to them. I haven't yet turned off while they're talking, so they must be doing something right. Um. So yeah. So obviously, you lot have been. You lot have obviously been switching it up a little bit. Um. But. With the Jays being in Toronto, you guys, obviously not, not Sheldon, he hasn't actually managed to do it yet, but you've actually managed to go to a game. Yes, sir. How was it? When? Uh, I've been to three games on this homestand so far. Uh, three? I went to both three, three games. And you don't, you don't say to Sheldon, Sheldon, man, come, come along. I've got... I'm he can't, he can't, he can't, he can't even find me, man. It, like, I, feel, like, I feel bad because I'm never on the... I'm never on Blue Jay Center anymore because it's either work or softball or baseball or something and i try and catch the shows as much as i can or you know i'll try and watch the when they post it um they're doing great i mean all everyone there's amazing i always i always say that you know i love them to death they're Cole, all young Cole, yeah. Cole is pure entertainment when we lose when I, we I lose want, yeah, and that, that's on, the pro- it's that's the problem when the jays win Cole doesn't go on rants and that's the part that i miss i just I mean, now he's starting to pick on Ann, which was my job for the first little while. Now it's his job, so he's doing a pretty good job of it. So I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna say anything more than that. Ann picks on me, so I'll stay quiet. <laughs> no, Rob, 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 tell us as an in, like insider from there, obviously, and you are like Blue Jays baseball through and through. Like, what, what, what's it been like? Because on the TV, it's looked amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I'll start with the first game, which is the Friday, the first game that they came back and just walking through the ballpark. It, I don't know why, but for some reason, like I got vibes of the last time I was there, the 2019 team. I just thought of all the, the, the uncertainty within this team. You know, everyone wanted, you know, Shapiro and Atkins gone. There was no like the, the what's the pitching? What how's that going to look like? You have Vladdy Guerrero, this top prospect who has come up and had an underwhelming rookie year. And it's just to go from that to the team is coming back with four legitimate starters. They're coming back with Bo and Vladdy graduating to being already big time all-stars four all-stars, already. Yeah, yeah. Four all-stars. Exactly. So it, it's just crazy. The strides that they made from the last time I was there in that building. And that was the initial reaction I got when I walked in, but not more so just the baseball, but the fact that you were at a ballpark and with people in the stands, it's, that sort of experience as obviously as we all know wherever we live in the world has come at a premium these past 16 months roughly with all this COVID nonsense going on so the fact that we were able to go there was outstanding in its own and not only that but to see the team go out and play well winning sweeping that Royal Series and then winning all ultimately going 9-2 in that homestand it's obvious that 
the trade deadline has invigorated this team and made them play a lot better. We saw that in 2015, but adding the coming home element has also played a role into it. And I think when you really look at that, it's hard to really envision a much better homestand. Possibly done better than come back home with a legitimate playoff contender in front of fans who have been dying to go out to a baseball game in years and then make some splash to the deadline. It's these last two weeks have just been like magical as a Blue Jays fan. Kind of reminds me of the uh, 2015 when the Jays were kind of yeah. teetering and then and they made these two huge moves with Price and Pluvitsky and that just invigorated the entire fan base. And I think the Burials- don't forget too. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I was going yeah, to say, I think the Burials trade really pumped a lot of energy into this team because now they got another legit starter. And he is a, a 1 or a 1A type starter. And, um, you know, I, I think people are kind of getting, like, honestly, I'm getting that 2015 vibe where this team is just going to go on a run. And it's it's conceivable. They got 55 games left or something like that. They can, they can yeah. actually go 40 and 15 and just – Get blow everyone else out the water. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, we we're ten games over five hundred at the moment, right? Is it ten games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10. Yeah. 1650. You, twenty games ago, twenty just twenty games ago, we wouldn't have thought that was possible. Yeah, no, I was I was just gonna say to Sheldon, I rudely interrupted. Unfortunately, my bad there. But um, after that Tuesday game against Boston, two days before the deadline, they were two games over five hundred with three games left against the Red Sox there could have easily been a scenario where they just go on the landslide and they're a 500 team at the deadline. And at that point, it's like, well, we're clearly, this team is clearly in the premature phase of their contention. It's no reason why we should go all in and try to salvage this season. Right. And I don't think had they done that, I don't think many people would have necessarily gotten too upset about it. I think that they would have been justifiable. A lot of the the fans, the other way, a lot of the fans had written the season off. Right. At that. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, I'm going to be honest. I was starting to get there as well. I remember doing the post game after that Monday. Uh, they lost to Boston where they blew another lead, which, you know, obviously when I say they blew another lead, it's like, well, which one was that? We don't remember exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I was getting to the point where I just said, you know what, as great as this team is, I think this bullpen has just been too big of an Achilles heel for far too long where this season just doesn't look like it's going to happen. And right after that, three days later, they make the burrito straight and, they go back home. Everyone's all happy right now. So the, the timing has been perfect. Absolutely perfect. So so in regards to being at the stadium, like me and Sheldon, we've talked about this before. Did you get a hot dog? I did on the Sunday, on the uh, Sunday game. Was it the, yeah, um, not, not the opening night? Was it like a normal hot dog or was that long hot dog? The, and, did oh. you, and did you share it with anyone or did you eat it all on your own? You should no, have eaten I, it all yourself. No sharing. No sharing, okay. especially during okay. COVID times. What was yeah. that? Safety measure, Jay. Okay. Come on, buddy. Okay. okay. So, so you, so you had, so you had the hot dog. The question is, is yeah. did you get a foam finger? <laughs> uh, I did not. Uh, that yeah, one's an old one. It's got the yeah, old logo on it. Yeah, it's an old one. It's got the old logo on it too. I can, I can tell you now that that was probably two thousand and eight. Five, six, seven, eight. Eight. Um, it can't be any. It can't be any later than two thousand and eight. It was either. 2007, 2008. I started grade school that year. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for making us feel old, buddy. (laughs) Went went to the game, took my wife, as she is now, wasn't my wife at the time. Took her to the game with my cousin and his wife. 
Me and my cousin stayed. The girls went off shopping. That's Our Nazi romantic about baseball, that, Jay. That, that's what they do. Yeah, I, I tried. I tried. She just wasn't having a bar of it, but look, I, I tried my best. Okay, so we've been to the game. We've established that the atmosphere is great. We've established that it's obviously a good thing that they're back in Toronto. Um, um, I wanted to quickly talk about the trade deadline and yeah. and Barrios and what we gave up. And when I say I want to talk about it quickly, I remember having you guys on, We had, I think it was you two and Cole, and we were talking about prospects and you all kind of agreed that prospects are just prospects. Do we really care who we gave up to get him? Um, yes and no. Yes yeah. and no. I, I think... Um... Like, I'll be honest, giving up Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson for Berrios is, is definitely a price to pay, right? It, they didn't exactly – they didn't steal Jose Berrios. They, they paid a decent price to get him, and a lot of people were hesitant about that. But at the same time, Con yes, they gave up a lot. Considering their numbers weren't great this year. Yeah, but uh, to me, like minor league, I'm looking more at tools as opposed to numbers. You know, like there, there are a lot of guys who have had poor numbers in the minors, and then once they graduated, they figured it out. It all came – Towards and there's also examples on the other side of guys pitching well in the minors and not becoming those yeah. guys in the big league. So I'm not too concerned about that. But at the same time, like I was saying, you gave up a lot, but you also got back a lot. You got back one of the best starters Proven. in the American League for the last yeah for the last half decade almost. He's been legitimately like I said one of the best starters. You look at all the even the raw metrics, ERA, WHIP. All those numbers, he's at the top of the list since 2017, I believe. So he's really good. You got a guy who's really good, who's going to be here for this playoff run, hopefully a long one, and then next year as well, where the Blue Jays certainly hope that they'll be right back in contention as well. So you needed a frontline starter for next year. You were either going to have to get them right now at the deadline or in the offseason, and they got them right now. So at the same time, I'm not complaining. I think you have to like this deal. The resume speaks for itself. Barrios, his first couple starts, first impression, check. It's been good. I, I think that the Jays made the right move. Before uh, I, get, I like this trade. Before I get Sheldon's take, I'll ask you both separately, just yes or no. Rob, would you have made the same deal? Yes. Okay. Sheldon, would you have made the same deal? Um, if I could have thrown... If I could have taken Martin out and put Groshans in there, and I probably would have, but uh, you're going to have to pay a premium, so I would say yes. Okay. I also think that – I think that people – the reason why they were so hesitant about it is because they think back to 2015 where they kind of shredded the farm system, and then mm -hmm. they had they had the you know year and a half of contention, but then that followed three pretty miserable years of Blue Jays baseball, if we're being but honest. But that's three. not the case. But that's not the case. It's not the case around. this year. It's yeah. not. No, not at all. I was just going to make that point right now. Despite the fact that they gave up Martin and Simeon was Richardson, this farm system still remains pretty stacked. Like there's still a lot of guys who you can groom to become players for you in the future, or you can use them as trade assets as well. So the cupboard is far from empty. And not just that, but if you look at that team, the 2015 team, Bautista, Donaldson, and Edwin, all those guys, Tulowitzki, they old. were all older guys who their contention window was going to be small regardless if we gave up, right? That was, so, that's like, that was a, 
we do it and we do it now. Exactly. That, that was all in. But this yeah. team, the, like, they're going to have Vladi for the next 10 years, hopefully. They're going to have Bichette for the next 10 years. Like, and we still have a team, whole load of prospects sitting there as well. Yeah, right? yeah. So uh, I think it's completely different. I, I don't think it's the same circumstances. You accumulated these prospects for a reason, and that's to some of the guys, Vladi, Bichette, like I mentioned, hopefully Manoa, who looks like he's might be the next guy in terms of the pitching side of things, to perform for you, but also some of the other guys trade them for proven players. And that's what they did. It's funny how Jays fans are like Shapiro and Atkins there. They love prospects They're prospect hoarders. They're not going to give up anyone. And they finally do give up like trade for someone else. The one, the one player everybody thought wouldn't be given up was Austin Martin. Yeah, exactly. It's, it goes to show we have, we have no idea what them two are thinking at any point. Well, I think, I think Austin Martin's inclusion was because of Aurelius Martinez's uh, ascendance. Um, he's yeah. really he's he's performed incredibly well in the minors, so I think that's what they were probably looking at. And of course, there were some reports that um, Austin Martin's defense at short and in center, the metrics were not kind to him. So they probably figured, you know what, let's jump on it while he's still got some. Um, Prospect shine on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, you know, see what they can get from. I think in a few years, I think, um, you know, and obviously trades, when you trade prospects, there's always something that you got to look at in, you know, later on uh, in like, two or three years time, what these prospects can, could amount to. Uh, I remember when everybody jumped up and down about the Dickey trade because we gave up Syndergaard. And, but at that time, Syndergaard was not regarded as a frontline starter. They had eyes on him as being a bullpen piece. It was Travis oh, Darno. I have to, no, no, no. I mean, because he was a two pitch. I have to put my hand up though. When, the, when yeah, they put made, your hand when, down, then when they <laughs> when they made the, when they made the tri- Dicky trade, I was going nuts. I was. I was going. Like, I was going I was, nuts because of Travis Darno. I, 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 when I was reading the reports on, you know, Stroman, Sanchez, Daniel Norris, Syndergaard, they kind of looked at Syndergaard as the fourth guy. Um, they had high hopes on Daniel Norris. They had incredible high hopes on, on Stroman and Sanchez. So, but I was actually saying JP or NCP is not going to be around for a while. Um, I think he's going to be done. I thought Travis Darno was going to be the catcher of the future. I was more upset about Darno being included in the trade than any, than Syndergaard at the time. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah. And you know what? Then look what ends up happening. Dorno took a while to get to where he is now, where he's an offensive catcher and very good. Unfortunately, he's been injured this year. But Syndergaard was the guy who amounted out to being a frontline stud. So, and, and who knows in three years, man? You know, maybe, you know, like, you know, we've been saying, maybe Martin and Woods Richardson end up being, you know, you know the next, you know, Verlander and Altuve for all you know. And then we'll all be shaking our heads going, why did we do that? And, and it's, it's, it's natural. Fans will always do that. Um, if we win like the I, World Series this year, we won't be shaking our I, yeah, heads. Yeah, I think. Exactly. Well, I mean, and, and again, that's the same if thing. Spots like, and maybes, isn't it? Yeah, but it's the same thing when the Jays traded for David Cohn. They way, way back before Rob was even thought of. <laughs> um, and they traded Jeff Kent and Ryan Thompson. And I keep on talking about that trade because people thought that Ryan Thompson would have been the big star not. Jeff Kent and ended up being Jeff Kent and Ryan Thompson had, you know, he was in the majors, but he, you know, he didn't really have a huge impact. So uh, anything can happen with these prospects. And, um, you know, 
we'll see. I mean, only time will tell. And, uh, you know, you can even go back this far. And again, this is before Rob's time when the Jays made a deal for uh, three players from Pittsburgh, uh, Orlando Merced, Carlos Garcia, and I think it was Dan Plesak. And they traded like a whole stack load of prospects or, you know, minor league prospects, and none of them amounted to anything. So it's hit and miss, man. It's, it's, it's one of those things where we, we got to kind of see where it goes in the future. Um, but I'd be excited if they re-signed Arios to like a five-year deal. Yeah, of course. I think that's got to be yeah. on the cards. I'm, 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 I'm taking credit. I'm, I'm taking credit for this, for the Dickey trade. I, I said at the time that I did not like that trade. I thought that you you have a pretty decent sample of a knuckleballer being pretty mm-hmm. average in his whole career and having that one good year. That that had prime outlier season written all over it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the fact that they traded Syndergaard for it. So I, I'm going to take my flowers on that. I'm also such a contrarian where. Like the first few starts, Dickey struggled, and it was like, oh, I told you so. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. everyone starts hating on Dickey. They turn on him completely, and now me being the contrary and be like, hold <laughs> on. You know, at the same time, he, he's not that bad. You know, I, obviously, like I said at the start, I didn't like the trade, but that doesn't mean he's not, you know, a capable big league yeah. starting pitcher, which, like, after, like, halfway through the first season, everyone was ready to, like, you know, throw him out. You know, I'm like, okay, well, he's not necessarily that bad. So um, like, but the problem, yeah, I, the I, problem I, with Dickey – and he was a knuckleballer in the sky and then Rogers Center. Yeah, and they... yeah, that's it. But not only that, the problem with him was he came over. I wasn't convinced by him in the first place. But not only did we end up with him, we end up with his dodgy catcher in the team every time he, <laughs> every time he plays. So we ended up. So not only did we have a pitcher that couldn't pitch his knuckleball in in the dome, we ended up literally batting with eight players. <laughs> yeah, Josh. Josh Lee was the only guy who catch him, man. I mean, like, it just Aaron Sebier wasn't going to catch him. Aaron Sebier was just going to get demolished. Oh and yeah, that was. But you know what? At, at the end of the day, um, Dickey with uh, Mark Burley at the top of your rotation. I mean, they were not. They're not like what we have now, but they were veteran stalwarts that helped Stroman, Sanchez Burley along was a little immense. bit. Burley was a mentor. Yeah, Burley was, Burley was. I mean, they both. They gave you what two, you wanted. Two separate which, trades, though. Yeah, yeah two separate trades. But they gave they gave the Jays what they needed. It was guys who can go 200 innings. That was one thing you didn't have to worry about with those two. They were going 200 innings, and they were giving you like a four ERA. Um, so that was the one consistency you always had that these guys were going to go and give you innings. Um, you know that trade in my, with Miami, I didn't like it. I, I'm the first to say I, I will jump up and down and say I, I didn't like it. And the fact was they traded Henderson Alvarez away who I thought had potential. Um, and I still felt he had potential to lose arm it. Uh, but, um, and I didn't think Jose Reyes' legs would have, would have held up on field turf. And, you know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't a big fan of his, if I'm honest. Like, he's, he's Jose not, Reyes? Yeah. Um, just. I mean, I, I can see why I they did it. I wasn't a big fan. I just wasn't a big fan. Well, I mean, well I, Matt's Jose Reyes was a great player. Like I'm yeah. not taking anything away, but Blue Jays Jose Reyes, so he was he was a shell of himself. He wasn't. Well, we've seen we've seen a couple we've seen a couple of players like that though. Tulo was mm-hmm. another one. Tulo came over, yeah. and he's not. He wasn't. He, okay, he did good for one season, yeah. but he wasn't the player that we were expecting to see. No, from what we no. Had, and and what we and had a big seen. part of that was injuries too. Yeah, yeah. injuries, and also you got to think that the core is field effect, and that's yeah, not true. again. A lot that, of money involved with him. A lot of money involved with him, and we ended up yeah, writing yeah, off yeah, so but, much. yeah, but 
the Jade, don't forget, like the money was kind of like a you know a sunk cost because they were paying Reyes regardless. So yeah, had they not made that trade, you were still paying twenty million for yeah, an overpriced no. shortstop. No, no, I know. I just they're just two, both players like Reyes, too low. Neither neither of them. I'm I'm quite happy to see Bo at shortstop now, even with his defensive yeah. defensive inabilities at times. Mm-hmm. I'm quite happy to see him there. Like he's he's much more a Blue Jays player than either of them two were as far as I'm concerned. No doubt. But let's move this yep. forward because um we won't make this too we won't make this too long today. Um, That's what we always say. No, 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 we, we won't because <laughs> I want to try and get it edited up before like it's still relatively early. Like like I still have daylight. I haven't put the so do we well um, I have I have clouds. I don't know. Rob um, you got clouds lot, outside? A lot of cl- lot of clouds up here. Okay. Um, let's move forward. Obviously big series coming up against the Angels. Um, I'm not going to be able to see most of it live because it's going to start at three o'clock in the morning. Um, we've been saying it for probably 10 days to two weeks now. It's a must win series. <laughs> um, but I think it is like, we can't afford to lose this series one because they'll, they'll gr- gain ground on us, mm-hmm. which is not a good move. Like they, they still have the potential to do something, even though I'm still not convinced that they're a two team, two player team at the moment, if you ask me. But um, so we have to we have to win this series, but I think also to gain ground, because I think that Boston Yankees, Tampa Bay this week should drop at least one or two games here or there. Right. Which will be really important for us. Ideally. But, Ideally. So, yeah. yeah so, where, so first of all, where do you see the series going? Um, and secondly, like, what's it going to take, like, over the next week or so? Like, realistically, with, given given who we are playing, what do you think, like, what do you think it needs to be in regards to wins and losses? I, I hate uh, this idea that, well, not just idea, but it's, we've gone to the point of the season where, Every series is the biggest series of the year. Every game is the biggest game of the year. It's like this game's a must win because let's be honest, you know, you lose a game, that's a missed opportunity, uh, which sucks because you know that eventually, you know, they're going to lose some games, right? It's, it's, it's baseball season, you know, the Jays are going to lose at least, you know, 10 times for the rest of the season, right? So it's, it, we know it's going to happen, but at the same time, talk about, we talked earlier, 2015 vibes. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but I, uh, in 2015, a month or so, a few weeks after the deadline, the Jays went into Anaheim, an Angels team who was still somewhat contending. And look, I'm going to call it Anaheim. I'm not calling it L.A. They play in Orange County, California. That's not L.A., sorry. <laughs> but uh, they ended up sweeping that series, and they looked really good. They pretty much knocked the Angels right out of the race in that series. And, like, that was a series where I looked at that team, and I'm like, yeah, this team's going to the playoffs. There's, like, no doubt about it at that point and then they cruise the rest of the way obviously so i'm hoping for some similar vibes uh like the, like these ones in this series i'm not saying that they're going to sweep them but uh i feel like you know the angels they're an inferior opponent to the jays uh i, I would say two out of two uh, sorry two out of four would be a somewhat disappointment so three and one is not going to be easy but i think it's doable i think the next seven the next uh six games or sorry seven games with um and or the Angels and, and the Mariners, the Jays go five and two. They've pretty much knocked those two teams way back a little bit. So That's fair. I'm hoping That's fair. I'm I'm hoping they go five and two, um, which would make what three and one, two. And one? Uh, yeah, I would say three and one against uh, um, 
Angels, and then yeah. uh, two and one, two and one against uh, the Mariners. Because then after that, you got the you got the Nats for two games, and then you got Detroit. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, Detroit probably could play the role of, you know, spoiler or have we you know, have have we really been lucky with how the games have fallen today, with the fact that it's Matt and Stripling pitching in the two seven inning games. Yeah, like have have we like that? Like it's worked in our favor. Bearing in mind we regard them as our our, our two pitchers. Bearing in mind once it gets to like the sixth inning, Stripling and Matt both start to have problems around that around the fifth sixth inning. So is it like the perfect scenario for us to go with Matt and Stripling in the in the two uh, shorter games, and then the big guys sure. and then the big mm-hmm. guys come in for the next ones. Sure, absolutely. I think in general, the Blue Jays, these seven inning games, they favor the Jays because uh, like obviously seven inning games, it's a lot shorter. Their weaknesses don't get exposed as much, which is obviously the bullpen. So limiting the role of the bullpen will help the team's chances to win exponentially. So uh, the fact that you don't have to use them as much, um, the bullpen being in these two games, that's huge, obviously. And like, yeah, I mentioned uh, Stripling and Matt's going. Uh, th- those are two guys who usually – they're pretty good the first two times through the order and then they kind of melt down that third time through. So being that it's a seven inning game, you don't have to count on them that third time through to get any outs for you. You can just kind of go right to your big guys. You know, if Stripling gives you five, then it's Simba Romano. And next game he get uh, Matt's gives you five. It's Richards and, you know, insert guy here, Brad hand. Right. So mm-hmm. it's the formula to winning becomes a lot more simpler. Especially and that's, with and that's going who, and that's going yeah. on the basis that the games are t- are pretty close, right? Like let's, yeah, exactly. that's, that's let's going hope, on the basis. Let's, let's that's going on the basis that Charlie Montoya knows what he's doing. Yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think he blows just, out like he's just using bullpen arms like crazy. And, you know, we could. Uh, look, I'm hoping that now that the, the guys have been at home, it's been a long home stand because it has been a long home stand um, to play as many games as we did. Um, I'm hoping that now that they get away, new city, get away from it, a little bit of less pressure, um, that they might actually be able to breathe a little bit because I think the spotlight's been on them, especially with us playing teams like like the Red Sox. The Red Sox obviously were leading the division up until just a few games ago. So maybe let's hope that, that they can go in there a bit more relaxed and actually the bats can be a bit more free. I'm expecting Vladdy to do something special this week. Because he's been very oh, quiet. Especially, don't forget, too, back in L.A. where, you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly his situation, but obviously being that Vladdy Sr. is going to the Hall of Fame as an angel, I would imagine he spent quite a bit of time there in Southern California growing up. So that's going to be pretty cool, kind of returning not so much home, I would say, but, you know, a place where he may have lived, you know, growing up. Exactly, yeah. I'm looking at game four, uh, Otani versus Berrios. Wow. Yeah, that, that's must-see TV. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be Otani versus Vladdy, literally. And the the best part is, I think Cole's on the, he's hosting the stream for that game. So whatever way that's going, you know, that's going to be a a show you want to catch. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I want to play that. I don't think I'll play a softball game. I think I'm just going to (laughs) back and watch that game and then watch Cole go ballistic if the Jays lose. Let's hope that they don't. Listen, Cole is must see television, man. When he goes off, it is just I sit back and just listen. I don't even say anything. Okay, so, so one quick last point before we go. 
now that obviously all the, the, the fanfare has died off with us coming back to Toronto, trade deadlines passed, we've got the players in that we've this is this is it now. This is who we've got um to get us through. Are we comfortable with what we have? And I already know Sheldon's already said that he thinks that we can we can definitely catch the Red Sox. We can possibly catch Tampa. We have enough now to actually go on and go the whole way. I'm still not convinced we can. We're stronger than teams like maybe the Dodgers, maybe Houston. I don't think anybody's as strong as the Dodgers. Yeah. Oh, what about Chicago? Yeah, even the White Sox to a certain extent. Yeah, the White Sox bullpen is, is really really good. Um, so, yeah. if we, play them, we play them yeah. soon, right? So I'm terrified of that series. By no, the way. but here <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, and I tell you why I'm not because it will be a good measuring point for where we are against where they are. Um, and if, if if they blow us out the water, at least we know. Because what I don't want to do is I don't want to get to the wild card game. We win the game. We're all jumping up and down. We all get really excited. And then we play a playoff series against someone like the White Sox and we get beaten th- three games to nothing. Like, because that would just kill me. I'd rather we know where we stand, see how it goes and and take it from there. That That's that's my thinking because there's nothing worse than getting overhyped. I did it during the Euros. Like we were so close. We were so close. And then we get to the final and we got beat by the better team. They were miles ahead of us. In- we also got to think that the White Sox are playing in a division where you have the Twins, the Tigers for earlier part of the season, the Royals now. Um, teams that Twins. are, yeah, yeah, teams that are easily, you know, getting beaten up. So, is their record uh, defining just how good they are, or is the record actually a definition of how poor the division is? The AL Central. That's what I mean. Uh, Let's but, see how they do against yeah, us. Yeah, we, I, I, we think, I, we, we think we're way. good. We think we're good, right? They probably think that they're good. Should be an they're interesting young, it's, it's going to be. It's going to come down to two things: their young players versus our young players, and their bullpen versus our bullpen. I'm not going to include Tony. That's what terrifies not, me. Yeah, I'm not going to include Tony Russo versus Charlie Montoya because both have been at points this season batshit crazy. So um, it's going to be bullpen versus bullpen and young player versus young player. Yeah, but Al, 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 I still think that our our lineup one to five is possibly the in the best top three in the MLB. And one of them sure. would be the uh, and one of them would have to be yeah one of them will have to be the White Sox. If you think about it, so you know you got Abreu, Anderson, Moncado when he when he's starting to roll. Luis Robert now that he's back, Eloy Jimenez, Yasmani, Grandel, they they've got backs. So to, they, to, to me, to me, the White Sox are the Blue Jays like a year into the future. You know, it's like what well, the Blue Jays are going to be a year from now. Once they get a little more seasoned, then they get some more help in the pen. Yeah, no, that's true. that's how I see it. Uh, just quickly, just so answer the question: Do you think that we've got what it takes to go all the way? Yes or no? To win a World Series? Yeah. Or are we are we still uh, short? Are we still short? I think we're short in the pen. I think we we do have a rotation that's capable of competing with anyone in the lineup, especially. I think we're one legitimate left-handed bat and a few legitimate strikeout relievers away from being a World Series team. Sheldon, which is to me, that's an off-season fix. Um. Yeah, I agree with Rob. Rob, I think uh, we need a couple. I think actually, I think we should. I would like to see a little more balance in the lineup, a little, a little more lefties or maybe some switch hitters in the lineup. 
And I think we're like, like Valero. Nah, <laughs> I mean, I think he's got a little bit of potential, but I wouldn't hang my hat on him. Um, and I, I think we need a bullpen arm. I think we need someone definitive to come in. Like someone you know, like say like a Liam Hendricks, you know, he's coming out, he's closing the door. Um, something like that, where it, it's almost like the psychology of the game would be, oh crap, we know if we get to the ninth inning, this is who we're going to face. So we need to get to these guys early. And I think having a Romano coming in the eighth and whoever else coming in the seventh and the sixth, knowing that there is a monster coming out of the ninth and that could be anybody. I'll just throw in, I'm just going to throw a name, like say Chapman, even though he's been beaten up a little bit recently, but still, you know, this guy's that there's, he's looming in the bullpen. Um, so the psychology of the game kind of gets played into there. Uh, so yeah, I think they need a bullpen. I think they need a definitive bullpen arm, like a, a which, monster. Which we had at the beginning of the season with Kirby Yates, right? But unfortunately that never really worked out. Um, Quickly, I just realised there was something I was meant to ask you guys. So I've been, I've seen a lot of stories today in regards to expanding the playoffs to 14, 14 teams or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, they said that they're talking about that this season, but that's not for this season, though, is it? No, and for next season. Oh, so. And how the hell do you expand it to 14 teams? Like, what's the what's the logic behind it? We've got, like, a few minutes here, so be quick with yeah. answering. I'm going to so say, I, I'll go ahead, hey, go ahead. okay, I was going to say, if they're going to expand it, they're going to have to go through geographic realignment. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, and I, I think it's a lot cleaner, too. If you take a look at all the other leagues, they've gone through geographic realignment. It's a lot cleaner. Uh, you can get the teams that you want. If you want seven teams from the West and seven teams from the East, that's fine. If you want eight and eight, that's fine. Um, and they, they got to do something about that universal DH. You're going to have it or if you're not. I think there's a couple of things that they need to take, take care of, but uh, would I like to see more teams? Yeah, it definitely makes it more fun. Uh, I think what you could end up seeing is um, maybe, the, obviously, you'd have similar to last year where it's just like the seven best teams in each league, the American League, National League. I do feel like it's difficult with seven. That's a lot easier with eight because now it's like one versus eight, two versus seven. When it's uneven amount of teams, it gets a little more complicated. The NFL had an uneven amount of teams, I believe, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And I think the what they just ended up going to was you had two uh, – the first two teams had a bye, and then there was just seeding after that. What I could see happening is the three division winners have a bye, and then you have a wild card round of what we saw last year, a best of three series. And it would be three versus seven, four versus five. Then those two teams face off, or then you could reseed them. Yeah, uh, It's complicated. I, I feel like – an even amount of teams would work better, like either six teams in each league or eight in each league. But um, I definitely do feel that playoff expansion is definitely needed in baseball because you look at this whole Jays team. If you think about it right now, we're unless they make a magical run and the Rays drop off, we're talking about this being you know a magical run here, maybe get in the postseason, and our reward is going to be a one game do or die, right? So it's it's kind of disheartening the fact when you put it that way. So I think that absolutely. Having more teams make the playoffs, that generates more fan interest, that generates more money for the league. I, I think it works out well for everyone. I think it generates more money for the small market teams that, you know, like, yeah. say like Pittsburgh, if they, if, you know, Pittsburgh ever gets their so straight new, and, yeah. you know, that could help them as well. So, yeah, I think I, I totally agree. I think an expansion is needed, but they got to really talk about that, you know, the DH, you know, there's a couple of things you need to kind of add into it. 
Uh, also, it'll, it'll make teams more willing to spend in free agency, right? Yeah. Because there's yeah. more teams available in each league. There's going to be less sellers, right? Because there's more chance to make the playoffs. So you can't be counting on the whole season. We'll be like, okay, let's wait until the deadline. We can get someone up. They'll make mm-hmm. it, they'll make teams act quick and make more offers in the free mm-hmm. agency. I guess we're about to find out soon, and I guess they'll make some kind of announcement at some point. But it's definitely interesting to see uh, where that goes. <laughs> If Guys, they make an announcement, it's going to be before the uh, free agency season. They should make it. Right, okay. Guys, um, we're going to run out of time, so we're going to cut it there. Um, I'd like to thank you both, uh, Rob and Sheldon. Um, guys, as always, make sure you go and check them out over on Blue Jay Center. Um, Sheldon will be in the chat, like listening to everyone else talking because he's just uh, <laughs> he's just not available at the moment. Rob will be on. Uh, Rob's on tonight at like silly o'clock in the morning UK time. If anyone is interested, um, hopefully we'll get another one in. Like scheduling is just crazy at the moment, so hopefully we can try and get one in uh, maybe at the weekend mm-hmm. um, if everyone's around and, and available. Especially with it, absolutely the games are so late now. Um, uh, and don't forget to make sure you head over to YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever else you consume your podcast. And we will see you again soon for uh, another edition of Jay's Talk with Jay. Boom.